Father, thank you for the good word of God. Thank you for what you're about to show us. We already know it in our spirit. We know it. So, Lord, get it from our spirit to our mind and into our conscious self. We ask it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. All right. So to center everything that we are, we're talking about the centrality of Jesus. We're centering everything we are on Christ. So to do that, we need to know his teaching. What did he teach? And walk in it. Yeah, we need to know his person. We've talked about that last year, his works. Now we're talking about what's his teaching? What did he teach? How do we walk in it? Uh, Jesus certainly taught truth. And he's trying to, he's inviting us to lock into the real reality. That's what the Greek word for truth, where he said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. If you know the truth, it'll set you free. Uh, That word truth is aletheia. It means the real reality. He told Pilate in John 18, he was here to bear witness of this thing called truth, the real reality. Jesus said 26 times in the gospel of John alone, this phrase, truly, 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 I say to you. So he's not a philosopher. He's, he's dealing with reality. He's not a religious figure. He's not philosophizing. He's saying, here's reality and you have to come to terms with it. But I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to help you learn how to live. John 8, 32, he said, if you know the truth, the truth will set you free. John 18, 37, he told Pilate, I'm here to bear witness of the truth. Then in John 14, he called the Holy Spirit the Spirit of truth. John 15, he called him the Spirit of truth. John 16, he called him again the Spirit of truth. Truth is important. So we're digging into Scripture so that we can walk into truth and live out of the parent real reality instead of out of our senses, instead of out of our feelings and everything that's going on around us. To hear the testimonies. I'm hearing testimonies. And thank you for those of you that ate John 6.63. Thank you for sending me your letter. I'm going to give you another one today. I love hearing from you. And based on what we're hearing, what we're seeing as staff and as leadership, good things are happening. Our perspective is shifting to be able to walk in and abide in truth. Now, this is important. If you're taking notes, write it down. Perspective is reality. And that reality that comes from that perspective doesn't even have to be true for you to to live based on it. Your perspective is the reality you're living from, so you better get the right perspective. And if it's coming out of your head and your feelings, you can be easily deceived. If it's coming out of your own knowledge of good and evil, you can be easily deceived. Who do we need to go to for truth? That's right. We're going to go to the Lord. We're going to go to His Word. We're going to go to His Spirit, who's the Spirit of truth, so that we can have His perspective because perspective is the reality that we're living from. So we need to, we need to really fill our perspective with the truth of God's Word. Okay, number one here, we've been talking about living the real reality. You need a renewed mind. How do I have God's perspective? I need a renewed mind that aligns with His perspective and His Word. I'm going to walk by faith, not by sight. Just because you see it may not be the real reality. We don't discount that the natural realm is a reality. We just discount that that's the only reality there is. The fact may be somebody has cancer, but the truth rides into town and all of a sudden they're cancer-free. Truth is a higher law than fact. Spirit is a higher law than natural. Come on, say amen. Amen. It's a truth. Spiritual disciplines. We're going we're gonna to have the Lord's perspective by meditating on truth. Meditation is a spiritual discipline. Fasting. We're going to cut off what we've been feeding on in the natural. You think it's just limited to food. I beg to differ. Cut, let Him cut off things you've been deriving reality from. Maybe you need to fast the news for a week. Or a year. (laughs) Or forever. All fasting is cut off what you've been feeding on. Feed on truth. Feed on Him. His perspective. 
How about this? You gotta believe the old sinful you is dead. One of the best things that's helped Donna Duncan walking through the truth trainer and just immersing her mind in truth is she realized, you know what? The old me with all those bad habits is dead. And she is literally telling the enemy and the flesh, I'm not submitting to you. Uh, the old, the old Donna that was under sin's coercive power, I had to do what it was asking me to do, is dead. And that has really empowered her to number five, she's abiding in Christ's life. She's somebody alive unto God. She's brand new. That's why baptism next week is so exciting because these people are celebrating the old them is dead, no longer dominated by sin, but alive unto God in fellowship with Him. And then number six, know your real identity is in Christ and it's derived from where? Spirit and truth. Amen. That's good news. Let me say this about number four and number five real quick. I'm going to say it again because it bears repeating. So many of us struggle with sin because we still think we're sinners. What if, what if you're not a self-made uh, new creation? What if you're a Christ-made new creation? Remade in His image. Ephesians 4 says, according to righteousness and true holiness. Man, you're not, you're not who you used to be. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Proverbs 23, 7. The longer you sit around and think you're just an old sinner that God winked at, uh, you're still that same old person, though. You, you are totally you have no power to overcome sin. 2 Corinthians 5, 21 says, God made him who knew no sin to become sin. Christ became sin. That we might be made the righteousness of God, that we would have right standing with God. Now Christ became a, He became sin without Him committing one. You became righteous without one righteous deed. You think God's waiting around to call you righteous? I mean, waiting for you to do a righteous deed so He can finally call you righteous? He calls you righteous and then says, Sit with me and let me show you who you are. Let me show you what really happened. Oh, goodness. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Do you realize in Ephesians 5, I was doing some marriage counsel yesterday and this just exploded. Hadn't even seen this before. Listen to Ephesians 5. Husbands ought to love their own wives. This is verse 28. As their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. No one's ever hated their own flesh but nourishes it and cherishes it just like Jesus does the church. And of course he goes on, verse 33 says, this is all a mystery about husbands and wives, but I'm really talking about Christ and the church. So do you see in the natural he's saying, husbands, how you treat your wife is how you treat yourself because you're one with her. Just like Christ sees the church. When he looks at you, he sees himself. Christ sees, as your husband, He sees Himself one with you. How about that? Now that's a perspective, isn't it? That's the real reality. That's how He sees us. So just like He admonishes a husband to not see yourself separate from your bride... How you treat her, you're, you're treating your own self. So nourish her and cherish her because she's you and you're her. And in the, in the same way, I'm talking about how Christ does the church. So I guess that means he's already taken care of the sin and separation issue. Matter of fact, it's written in Romans 8 that nothing can separate us from the love of God anymore. Well, why do I feel separated? Because you're living based on your feelings. And things you're not, you're, you're allowing yourself to be dominated by natural reasoning. Not the mind of Christ. The mind of Christ says, hey, we're still one. I know you blew it, but I'm here with you. I'm not separate from you. I'm here coaching you, loving you, encouraging you, and reminding you who you are. Amen, somebody. You're a Christ-made new creation, not self-made. Now let's go to, to the Word of God, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 14, New Living Translation. Either way, Christ's love controls us. Christ's love controls us. Christ's love, where is it? So you're living by rules 
Or is the love of Christ what dictates your every move? Is the love of Christ what dictates what comes out of your mouth? Amen. Meddling just a little bit. Since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we have all died to our old life. Are you new in Christ? You're not who you used to be? Amen. That's what the Word of God says. Who's the source of information you use to determine what's true about you? Because the most humble thing you can do is agree with God's Word. Well, why don't I agree with it? Your mind, your natural reasoning, your feelings take over. And your thought is, is in the natural man, well, I sure wouldn't love somebody like me. Well, you can't be clean if you don't do clean. Really? So if you do bad, you are bad. Is that what you're saying? You tell a lie, you're a liar. Wow, you've just totally undone the new creation work of Christ himself. Because you believe that if you tell a lie, you're a liar. And I'm telling you, if any man be in Christ, he's a, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away, all things have become new. I don't live with a do-to-become mentality. I walk with Christ, keep company with Him, and He teaches me who I really am. Is a bird still a bird even though it hadn't learned to fly yet? Your, pro- your problem is not your identity. It's your immaturity that you don't fully understand what happened to you the day you got born again. Amen. You haven't grown to really understand. A bird is still a bird even if it hadn't matured to flying yet. God's not waiting to call a bird a bird once it flies. He's not waiting to call an apple tree an apple tree only when I see apples. But what am I saying? You're righteous in root long before you're righteous in fruit. Fruit is grown over time. So the enemy tries to get you to quit. And his case is never based on spirit and truth. It's always based on you. Something happened to the natural. You did something. And then we're back behind the bushes. God's like, where are you guys? Oh, we did something dumb. We're naked. And so we're afraid. And we hid. He said, I took care of that. Nothing can separate you from me. Come on out. Let's talk about it. Does this make sense to anybody? Here's the, here's the crazy thing. I'm not even through this yet. Let me, <laughs> let me, let me read 15. He died for everyone so that those who receive his, oh no, no, I gotta back up. 14. We believe that we died to our old life. 15. He died for everyone so that those who receive his new life, where? In our heart in our spirit, will no longer live for themselves, but live for Christ who died and and rose again for them. Verse 16, So we've stopped evaluating ourselves and others from a human point of view. You are not just a carnal sinner. We don't evaluate ourselves from a human point of view. At one time, we thought of Christ merely after the flesh, human point of view. But how differently we know him now. Did they know him better after he left physically? Yes, they did. Why? Because he's not next to him. He's inside him. Into me see. Intimacy has come. They knew him way better after he left physically. Because even though he left physically, what did he, what did he do? He sent the same, same spirit that was loving people through Him, resisting sin through Him, overcoming the devil in the wilderness, that same Spirit He sent to you. Yes. <laughs> and we're down here like, boy, Lord, I'm trying so hard. This Christian life is really hard. It's challenging. I can't do it. He's like, no, you can't do it. <laughs> that, was very, that, was a, that was a kiss of a slap, okay? that was. Don't read anything into that. <laughs> He's just saying, wake up. Listen to this, John 14. I'll pray the Father and He'll give you another helper that He may abide with you, live, remain, and stay. That's what abide means. Live, remain, and stay with you for... Even when you don't feel Him around, is He there? How do you know that? Because it's, it's true. 
We've got to learn to live the truth. Truth comes from the Spirit. 1 John 5, 6 says the Spirit is the truth. That's why he says don't know, don't know each other from a human point of view. Don't know yourself from a fleshly perspective because the Spirit is the truth. Who you are by the Spirit is really who you are. Amen. When you got born again, you got born again in your spirit. When you got totally cleansed and made had union with Christ, it happened in your spirit. Spirit is where we go for the real reality. Woo, glory to God. Come on, Holy Ghost. He says, I'll pray the Father. He'll give you a helper. He'll abide with you forever. The spirit of truth, this is verse 17, whom the world cannot receive because it can't see him. Can't see him. So what's that tell you about the world? It's all natural. They can't uh, receive the Spirit because they can't see Him or know Him, but you know Him, for He dwells with you now. This is Jesus in John fourteen seventeen telling the disciples, you know Him, you know the Holy Spirit because He's with you now. Where was He? He was in Christ. He was in, so He's with them, but He's in Christ's body, not their body. Then He says, verse 17, and He will be in you. Yeah, that's powerful. Verse 18, I will not leave you as orphans. I will not leave you fatherless. I will come to you. A little while longer and the world will see me no more, but you'll see me because I live. You're going to live. In that day, what day? The day that I come back to you. This is verse 20. In that day I come back to you and I send the, the spirit that's in me, I send to you. You'll know that I am in my Father You are in me and I am in you. This is the gospel. Somebody should tell the gospel. This this news has got to get out. (laughs) I don't know what gospel has been flying around America for years, but this is the real gospel that he ended all the sin and separation, put himself in us because we had no ability to manifest godliness apart from God. Religion has sold us a terrible bill of goods. Am I right? So go back to Ephesians 5. When, if you look at your marriage in the natural, you, you see two. If you look at your marriage in the spirit, how many do you see? See? <laughs> Bingo. <laughs> Jesus on the main line. Calling to confirm everything I'm saying is true. you can have a natural perspective you can look at things naturally but you're going to be sad and lonely and depressed and isolated look in the spirit for your perspective because you look at your marriage you're one yeah it's good stuff did I get through this yet man I got a long way to go guys (laughs) so we don't we don't know each other human perspective verse 17 This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. And now you're made new. Touch your neighbor and say, you're not a sinner. You're righteous. Amen. Now listen to this. Are you ready for a Shazam moment? We're not asking you to do anything God's not already doing. He already sees you by the Spirit. God is Spirit. Whoever worships Him, communes with Him, loves Him, does so in Spirit and in truth. We're not asking you to do anything God's not already doing. Why would you set your natural perspective higher than His? Only pride would do that. Or ignorance. That's fair. Ignorance would do it. So humble yourself because the most humble thing you can do is say that God knows you better than you know you. That God knows the real reality about you more than you do. And as you agree with Him, He'll light your face. We had a woman come into, come into the offices this week. And she's glowing. And so what's going on? Well, I just been, I've been hanging out with the Lord and He's showing me truth. I'm not who I used to be. Romans 6. I'm a new creation. I'm alive in Christ. I've been raised with Christ in intimacy and oneness. And you can't get the smile off her face. 
You want to know why? God empowers truth. You want to have freedom and joy and all that? Know the truth, believe the truth, and receive the truth. Dare to believe everything He says about you, no matter how good it is. <laughs> God empowers truth. Right? So, so when we hear the truth coming forth, there, your spirit man starts churning. It's like, hey, I am alive in Christ. I, I'm not what my natural mind was telling me. My reasoning was telling me. So Christ, as I mentioned, means anointing. Christ, the Jesus Christ, Jesus the anointed one, anointing his ability. So you've got God's ability now walking this out through you. God's not looking at you through a human point of view. God is spirit. So dance with him. Learn to walk by the spirit. Does scripture say anything about this? About walking in the spirit? Does scripture teach this? <laughs> Thought I had the wrong church there for a second. <laughs> All right, I got to find this passage. Where is it? There it is. The age-old question. But Steve, what about sin? <laughs> Aren't we supposed to be managing it somehow? <laughs> you can't fix the flesh with the flesh. You want to fix the flesh? Go to the Spirit. Galatians 5.16, Amplified. But I say, walk and live. Look at this word. Habitually. Make a habit. Where's Donna? Right? Donna's made a habit of dancing and diving into truth. She keeps washing her natural mind, like re- rerouting her natural thinking even with the truth. You can, you can reroute your natural thinking, your perspectives with truth. That's what we're, that's what we're studying Jesus for. Letting Him do that. Habitually. Walk and live in the Spirit. Look at this. Responsive to. Controlled and guided by the Spirit. You think our country would be different if people were, were guided by and controlled and, and responsive to the Spirit? Can I give you some, some help on your social media? You'll never achieve a kingdom end through unkingdom methods. So yelling at people or arguing or telling them they're horrible or whatever, you're not going to achieve righteousness through human methods instead when you go to social media be responsive to controlled and guided by the spirit doesn't mean we don't speak the truth amen but it's how we speak the demeanor the spirit we're carrying when we when we uh can convey truth so if we'll do this then you certainly everybody say certainly you certainly, guaranteed, you won't gratify the cravings and desires of the flesh. Human nature apart from God. So there you go. I helped you out on the sin issue as well. Let's go to Romans 8, verse 5. Man, I'm having a good time here this morning. Romans 8, 5. Those who live according to the flesh, how do they do it? They set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit, they set their minds on the... Things of Spirit. How should you know your identity in Christ? By the Spirit. How should you relate to God? By the Spirit. For to be carnally minded, that just means natural, material, uh, earthly. To be carnally minded is death. Death simply means separation and independence. Okay? You're on your own if you're in the flesh. You're on your own. Good luck, branches. <laughs> Branches that are set on the natural thing is going to produce separation and independence, death. But to be spiritually minded is life, zoe, and peace. Anybody know what the Greek word for peace is? Irene. Irene. Shalom is the Old Testament. It's the Hebrew word for peace. In the, in the Greek New Testament, it's Irene. And guess what it means? Joined. And let me look up the other one. I wrote it down. It means tied together. So, 
To be carnally minded, you're going to end up, if you're just living in the natural realm all the time, you're going to end up feeling separate from God, isolated and independent on your own. But to be spiritually minded is Zoe life. That's the life of Christ in you. And then peace tied together, yoked with Jesus. Jesus can live the Christian life. Amen, somebody. So in Christ is our reality which means spirit and truth is our reality. 1 John 5, 6, the spirit is the truth. Who you are by the spirit is the truth. Who your spouse is by the spirit is the truth. Who your children are by the spirit, that's the truth. I get it. I realize that your child may act like, on a scale of 1 to 10, may act like a 2 on a certain day. But does that mean they're not a 10 anymore? No, they're still a 10. They're just behaving like a 2. Do we ever do that? Okay. See, you don't throw them away. You don't trash them because they're acting like a two. You call them upward. You remind them, hey, you're a ten. You're a ten, son. And you're acting like a two. You're, you're better than how you're acting. Way better. Mind-blowingly better. So how far did I get on that one? All right, verse 7. Because the carnal mind, look at this, is in opposition against God. It's not subject to the law of God, nor can it. So your carnal mind, your natural reasoning will always oppose God. Everything of the Spirit is how discerned? Spiritually discerned. Okay, so the natural man, not going to cut it. Can't even do it. Verse 8. So then those who are in the flesh cannot please God. And you think everybody you know, takes a deep breath like, oh my gosh, I've been in the flesh. God doesn't like me anymore. Wrong. That's not what he's saying. He tells you now who's in the flesh and who's in the spirit. Are you ready? Because you, you think a behavior is putting you into the flesh. You can't take yourself out of where you're seated in Christ. Unless you know yourself by the natural Unless you know yourself by your natural reasoning. Look at verse 9. But you are not in the flesh. Okay, where am I? Well, you're in the Spirit. If indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. (laughs) Well, do you realize it? Think think about it. You've been living in the Spirit ever since you got born again. It's your dumb head that's locked you out (laughs) of the real reality. You see it? You've been in the Spirit the whole time. Your scorecard says, Spirit, 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 Spirit. And you thought it said, well, drunk, dumb, (laughs) adultery, pornography, fornication. I lied that one time. Lie. You've been in the Spirit the whole time. What's locking you out of it? Natural reasoning. So Jesus tells Pilate, I'm here to bear witness of the realm called truth. Spirit and truth is the real reality. world can't... Get it, though, because they can't see it. My goodness. Is anybody else excited that you're, you've been in the Spirit since the day you got born again? You're not in the flesh. You might do something that is of the flesh, but you're not there. You just got suckered back into some deception. That somehow doing something in the flesh was going to satisfy you. Everybody good? I mean, this is fantastic news. Let's let's go back to verse 8. So then, those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Without blank, it's impossible to please God. Hebrews 11.6. Without faith. So is flesh of faith? No, no, no. Flesh is not of faith. Flesh is you. You don't need faith. You're not relying on God. You're independent of God. Hello, Adam and Eve. That was the original sin. Independence. Being like God sounds like a noble cause. Unless you try to be like God without Him. Now, now, who else did that? Satan. You're just emulating Satan. He suckers us to no end. He doesn't run up to you and with his two horns and a pitchfork and a red pointy tail and say, Stacy, worship me. Fall down and worship me. Worship Satan. Love Satan with all your heart. He didn't say that. He says, hey, how about you, uh, you know, try to be like God and do godly stuff without God? You can do it. You can do it on your own. 
That was the original sin is independence. It's a bad move for branches. <laughs> so, Ron, the lights are coming on this morning. <laughs> Anything you do independent of him, I don't care what it looks like. If you came to church to somehow win his favor or get him to love you or be close to you, you're in, you're in unbelief. Faith is independence. Faith is not pleasing to God. So what, what pleases God then? Oneness, receiving, dependence upon, relying upon, needing Him. Matthew 5, 3, New English Bible. Jesus' first sentence, Sermon on the Mount. How blessed are they who know their need of God. All of heaven belongs to them. Who does it belong to? The most religious, the most pious, the hardest workers? No, the most receptive. Anyone that would acknowledge they needed God can have God. That is the gospel. That is the gospel of Jesus Christ. (laughs) So those who try to live independently can't please God. Why? Because what pleases God is when you acknowledge you need Him and you're deriving from Him, receiving from Him, fully relying on Him for everything that pertains to life and godliness. Amen. Okay, so those who are in the flesh can't please God. Oh, i got to go back to Satan. So, so he wants you to just live independent. Can I get a witness? Imitation is the highest form of flattery. So when we copy him and declare independence from God, even if we're trying to be like him, we're emulating Satan. We're derivative beings. So you're either going to derive from Lucifer's nature to be independent. I don't need God. Not even to do right things. Or you're going to derive from God. That everything I need is you. Everything. Jesus told the Pharisees, very religious. I mean, they were rule keepers big time. Compared to you and me, I mean, they were keeping the rules. And yet he said to them, Because you say you can see, your sin remains on you. If you would admit you're blind and you're needy, your sins would be forgiven. Jesus came to end man's independence. Reinsert the Spirit of God back into us so we could keep company together, which is what we were to do in the Garden of Eden all along. Go to Matthew 3 in the... uh, Matthew 4, sorry, in the wilderness. Satan's temptation hadn't changed. At the end of Matthew 3, he tells Jesus, uh, the Father tells Jesus, you're my beloved son. You're my beloved son and you I'm well pleased. Matthew 4, he's tempted by the enemy. What does the enemy say? If you are the what? Son. If you're the son of God, you got to do something. Command these stones to become bread. If Jesus turned the stones into bread, which would have been a miracle, he would have fallen. Because the enemy was inviting him to do it apart from God. If you are the son of God, you have to do something to become it. You, you can't be the Son of God because He just told you you are. So that's why God doesn't wait to call you righteous when you, independent of Him, do something righteous. And the fallacy is you can't do anything, produce anything righteous apart from God. He's righteous. Does that make sense? Well, that's deep stuff. Thank you, Lord. We need to hear that. Because a lot of that's not in my notes, guys. I, that is just, I believe, the heart of the Lord affirming again the priority, His priority of intimacy. The world needs help. And we're going to help them. But we're not going to help anybody independent of being madly in love with Jesus. He is the one. He, he is in us. And he, he, His ministry is powerful. And I don't want to try to do anything apart from him. You realize the man at the gate, beautiful, in Acts chapter 3, Jesus walked by that guy all the time, three years. He never prayed for him or healed him. Why? Because Jesus only did what the Father told him to do. Religion says, well, I got the power, man. Uh, Let me go pray for this guy. Well, did the Lord tell you to? 
Is he, is he, is he instructing you to do that? Because we live by every word that... <laughs> now I live by every word that's written in the Bible. And in the Bible I found somewhere I'm supposed to pray for people. No, 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 no. Don't discount the voice of the living word. The Bibles are guttering, thank God, to keep us out of cuckoo land. <laughs> so you don't tell Brian here that the Lord's telling me to rob 7-Eleven. <laughs> well, no, he's not. I, I can show you. The living voice is going to line up with Scripture. Amen. But here's the thing. Jesus didn't just go pray for people because he thought the Father would like it. He only did what the Father asked him to do. And the Father had other plans. So Peter and John, when they passed by, they said, Silver and gold have I none, but that which I do have I give to you. In the name, the authority of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. Does that make sense? This will make the Christian life so exciting. If you'll just live in constant company with Christ, abide, abide. All day, every day, constant companionship with Christ. Man, I could go to 12 today. I'm just not getting very far. Anybody got food in the oven yet? (laughs) David does. That sucker's going to burn, burn, brother, I'm telling you. (laughs) Burn, baby, burn. All right. Uh, <laughs> go back to verse 9. You're not in the flesh. You're in the Spirit if Christ dwells in you. So everybody say, I am, I am. in the Spirit, in the spirit. At, all times. at all times. So, and we know this is done because the Spirit placed you there. You've been placed supernaturally in Christ by His hand. Okay, so lightning fast mind bible scholars galatians 5:25 if therefore you were made alive by the spirit what should we do walk in the spirit galatians 5:25 so again we're just getting acclimated to what's the real reality what's the truth who are we really the truth is we're we're really in the spirit that's your real identity now you may Act in the flesh. Here's a good example. So Stacy and I are married. Can I do something that looks more like what a single person would do? Is that possible? Yes, it is possible. I could do that. But the reality is we're still married. And when the Lord looks at us, if we look at ourselves by the Spirit, we're one. We're not two single people. We're one. Okay? So we can do things that are of the flesh, but it doesn't somehow lift you out of the Spirit. You've been placed in the Spirit, so I'm just saying, wash your minds with that reality. Let that be your reality. Man, you'll, you'll love yourself who you are by the Spirit. People, anybody in this room, you say, I don't, I don't like myself. You Stop knowing yourself by the flesh then. Because the Spirit you is awesome. <laughs> and that's how we know you. That's why we, we hang around you. <laughs> Verse 10. Oh, Sorry. Uh, Verse 9, part 2. Now, if anyone doesn't have the Spirit of Christ, he's not his. So if you go back to verse 8, that anybody who's of the flesh can't please God, but those who are in the Spirit do please God, then you are well-pleasing. God's saying to you, you're my beloved son, daughter, in you I'm well-pleased. Now, I don't know about you, but that doesn't make me want to go home and just take a nap. I'm like, wow, really? I'm already loved? And accepted, you just set me free, Lord, from years of people pleasing. Because yes. oh, yeah. I, I always try to get people to like me, but I'm already loved. Amen. I'm already okay with Him. And so now, Lord, what can we do together? That doesn't make me want to go sin, or that's foolishness. Grace is empowering, grace is a person. It's not a religious doctrine whereby we make excuses to... We're looking for a sin clause. Where's the sin clause in this thing? If you're looking for a sin clause, you need to get born again. You, you don't have the righteousness of God in you if you're just okay with sin. I don't mean that you stumble. I mean that you love it and you want to be there all the time. You need a new nature. <laughs> Verse 10. If Christ is inside you, the body's dead because of sin, but the Spirit is what? Life. The Spirit is life. The Spirit in you is life. 
Who knows the Greek word for life right there? Zoe. Divine life. God's very DNA is your spirit. This is super important, guys, because what he's trying to do is show you what really happened to you when you got born again. Faith pleases God because faith says unequivocally, I'm absolutely persuaded by God himself inside me that what he said happened to me really happened. That's faith. And it trumps human natural reasoning. All right? Spirit is life because of righteousness. We were gifted righteousness, so God could now be with us and in us. Verse 11, But if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells inside you, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who dwells in you. He's he's animating you. He's quickening you. God empowers truth. So when Jaretta washes her mind with truth, she begins to sense the power and the presence of God. What is that? That is Christ in her. Christ in her starts animating her. Anointing means ability. So now Jaretta all of a sudden is living life through Christ's ability, not her own. What does that mean? That means if somebody's ugly to her, she doesn't have to repay evil for evil. She doesn't need everybody around her to love her because she has love wellspringing up on the inside of her soul. Does that, does that make sense? She's not creating debt out here. Everybody, please live right so I can be happy. My goodness, please, if you love me, behave. Because I got no hope. No, that's a lie. She, she has everything that pertains to life and godliness in her. She has the divine nature of the Almighty, DNA, on the inside of her spirit. She doesn't have to have everybody love her and worship her to feel good about herself. Isn't that good to be set free from all that garbage? My goodness, performance-based living, performance-based acceptance, people-pleasing. Man, I could go on and on and on. You've been set free. I don't even know where to go. I haven't got so I got very far. Jesus said, if you abide in my word, you're my disciples. We're going to live, remain, and stay in what he says. And, and if you do, you're going to know the truth. Truth will make you free. Verse 36, therefore, if the Son makes you free, you'll be free indeed. All right, let me show you this. You get to be free uh, to be what God's always destined, designed, and desired you to be. Remember, he's presenting you to himself. He didn't say, hey, bride of Christ, get yourselves, you know, all prettied up and righteous for me and present yourself to me. He's washing you by his word to present you to himself. Husbands, don't live in such a way that your wife has to perform for you to present herself to you. That's your job. Husbands, you wash your wife with who she really is, with the truth, and you present her to yourself without spot or wrinkle. Wow. Elizabeth, I agree with you. Did anybody else see it besides Elizabeth? Christ is the one washing you. He not, he's not saying in Ephesians 5, hey, come, come present yourself and I'll, you know, see if you're good enough. He's washing you with the water of His Word. Verse 26, nourishing you and cherishing you so He can present you to Himself who He is destined you to be. So husbands, guys, wash your wives with the Word of who she really is. Nourish her and cherish her and you present her to yourself. Don't make her present herself live in fear and insecurity that she can't please you one day out of the year, you're supposed to be washing her. You're supposed to be presenting her to yourself. All right, Dottie got it. Okay, three. (laughs) Now listen, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ. We're seeing a truth here. Christ in you, husbands, by nature, will wash your wives. Nourish her, cherish her, and then present. You'll present her to yourself without spot or wrinkle. Boy, we see how jacked up we are? It's like, 
Honey, whenever you're without spot or wrinkle, well, come on back. You're good enough for me. <clears throat> you didn't learn that from Jesus. Boy, he's, he's speaking. I got, there's a lot of this not in my notes, so if you're mad, you need to take it up with the Lord because I, <laughs> so he's presenting you who you're supposed to be, who he desired, destined, designed you to be. Number two, a life of discovery through intimacy. You're free. He who the sun sets free is, is free to what? Free to a life of discovery through what? Effort? No, intimacy, union and marriage. Versus a life of determining or causing. If you're still trying to determine who you are as a born-again Christian, you missed it. He's already determined who you are. Your job now is to discover who you are. Discover it with the help of the Holy Ghost. Amen, somebody? The Holy Spirit will guide you into all truth. Abide in my words, Jesus said. You'll know the truth. All right. So it's not yourself. You're not, you're not in causation anymore. You're not trying to determine whether you're righteous or clean or anything. You already are. You're on a journey through intimacy of discovery. Being married to the best husband the world's ever seen. Number three. Now, what else are you free to? Free to love without strings. How about this? You're free to be kind without needing it back. You're free to be full and live full. I don't need the world to do everything right for me to be happy. Last thing. While it's a revelation that you don't deserve all God has given you, it's an equal revelation that He did give it to you in Christ. You're like, Brother Steve, I don't believe it. Doesn't mean it's not true. Just because your tired head doesn't believe it. Natural man cannot, 1 Corinthians 2, 9 through 12, cannot, through 14, cannot discern and comprehend truth. The natural man can't discern spirit. Second Peter 1 3, his divine power is given to us all things. What do you what do you lack? Nothing. You have all things that pertain to life. That's Zoe and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called us by glory and virtue. 1 Corinthians 2.12 Now we have received not the Spirit of the world but the Spirit who's from God that we might know the things that have what? Been freely given to us by God. And then here's where we begin. What shall we say? If God be for us, who can be against us? He who didn't spare His own Son delivered Him up for us all. How shall He not with Him freely Give us all things. You can write this one down if you want. But separation theology is a plague in the body of Christ. You are not separate from Christ. He's in you. Okay? And and as I said earlier, your identity is not the issue. It's your immaturity in understanding who you are in Christ. Your reality is in Christ. Your reality is in the Spirit. Your reality is in truth. There's a lot of disinformation that comes through the the natural man. Okay? Flee it and join yourself to the truth. Will you stand with me? We'll, We'll continue this next week. My goodness, we might have to go back and listen to this. (laughs) Because there's a lot lot of stuff flying out today that wasn't even in my notes. I'm going to say again, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. If you feel like, well, Brother Steve, I just, when you said that about husbands, I've not been, I've not, I've not done that. I've not washed my wife well. Well, praise God for repentance. Because under the law, you couldn't repent. You just got stoned and you were killed. And I don't mean stoned like, you know, that. <laughs> in the new covenant, we, we <laughs> under the law, well, it's time to get stoned. <laughs> Wrong stone. <laughs> Under the new covenant, every day we're repenting because repenting means to change our mind while walking with Jesus. We're changing our mind to agree with Him all day, every day. So guys, if you miss that, hey, start over. Begin new. Begin new. Say, Lord, I didn't, I didn't see that before, but I see it now. Course correction. Amen. No condemnation. Course correction. Every head bowed and every eye closed. If you're here this morning and you say, Brother Steve, I don't know Jesus Christ. I've never met him, 
but I want to know Him by the Spirit. I want to welcome Him into my heart and into my spirit. Would you pray for me? If that's you, slip your hand up and say, Brother Steve, pray for me. I want to know Jesus Christ. Anybody? I want to receive Him inside. Thank you, Solomon. Anybody else? I want to know Christ. I want to receive Him. Anyone else? Ron, would you mind going back there with Solomon right back on the very back row? Anybody else? I want to know Jesus Christ. Let's pray this prayer with our brother. Say it out loud with me. Heavenly Father, I come to you this morning to receive Christ and your life. Come and live on the inside of me making me brand new goodbye to the old me and to the old nature I'm no longer dominated by sin but I'm alive unto God through the gift of righteousness and the gift of Christ himself Lord I receive you and I purpose to keep company with you the rest of my days In Jesus' mighty name, come on, everybody said, amen. More joy in heaven. Congratulations, brother. Let me pray for the church. Father, I thank you for the gathered church. I thank you that you're washing us, Lord, with the water of the word. And as you wash us, our faces light up because God empowers truth. Lord, we're not who we used to be. And I thank you for washing away every old stronghold, every bit of lie-based thinking, the do-to-be mentality, all that striving and trying, instead of, Lord, walking with you, beginning in the Spirit, and learning to live habitually by the Spirit and by the truth. I wash them, Lord. I thank you for your word. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Let's sing this together before we dismiss. I speak Jesus. I know.